Hi, this is Chelsea Vale. You have found the Whole Heart Podcast, a podcast for conscious parents who want to do things differently. Parenting the Whole Heart Way is about love, connection, play, and raising our children naturally. It can get, at times, a little bit crunchy. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, I did not forget about you. I know you probably listened to P A R and E, and you're wondering where is N and where is T? We need to finish up the acronym of parent from the Danish way P A R E N T. P is for play, A is for authenticity, R is for reframing, E is for empathy, and N is for no ultimatums. What is ultimatums and why should we not be using it with our kids? Ultimatums are the thing we were probably raised with um, by our own families, especially if you're American. It is a very standard way of parenting and it's also common in schools. I'll tell you when I walk into some school buildings, um, if every child is doing the exact same thing, no one's being naughty, no one's out of their seat, no one's talking, etc., etc. Um, I see it a lot of times in the Montessori classrooms. Everyone's doing exactly the same thing, and no one, no one looks like they're out of place, right? That is not appealing to me because I know that everyone, especially with young children, is, is sort of robotic in what they're doing and the structure is very secure and very rigid, that's probably a fear-based program of discipline and guidance. What I mean by that, by fear-based, not that they're beating the kids, that's not what I'm saying, but the children feel like there is a consequence if they act out. Very common in the public schools, not every classroom. Of course, my classroom wasn't run that way. Your child's school might be very different, so I'm not trying to come down on anybody, but it is more common than not to see fear-based guidance. Now, it may be so simple as the color lighting strategy. So um, bear with me if you're not familiar with this. In many schools, especially the elementaries, there's a reward system, maybe a traffic light that might be put up on the blackboard. And your child's name is somewhere on the board. And when they're good, okay, they start the day on green, right? But if they start getting naughty and they act up, the teacher moves it to yellow. And when they're really bad, they go to red. And if their light or if their name is on the red light, then they miss centers or they miss recess or they have, there's some kind of punishment, right? All of those things are not necessarily bad for child. Again, it's not, it's not really abusive, but it's not positive. It's fear-based. It's embarrassing. It is you know, in front of everybody, you're not following the rules. Therefore, you're getting demoted over and over again until you're naughty. And then maybe at red, maybe I call your parents. And so when you go home, maybe something else is going to happen to you. In homes, there might be a sticker chart. When you do good things, you get a sticker or a toy or a quarter, right? That you can save up and you can get this big toy at the end. But when you're bad, we take money from the jar or, you know, whatever. All of these things are good in theory. Your pediatrician probably suggested this because, you know, they have, you know, so many hours of child development and psychosocial training, right? So always listen to your pediatrician. I'm, of course, being sarcastic. I love pediatricians. I love the way they take care of kids. They do a fantastic job with your child's health and well-being. However, 
They are not to be um, the expert when it comes to parenting. And it's not that they, I mean, they mean well. They're loving um, and they mean well and they, they want to take care of kids and families. But there, there hasn't necessarily, there's not really an understanding of the long-term effects of this. That sort of parenting and guidance and teaching and, and so forth, what it does is create a child who is seeking extrinsic reward for being good and being bad rather than intrinsic reward. The intrinsic is what is happening inside of us. I do good because it feels good. I sit politely at the table because I enjoy being polite to others. It feels good to use my manners. I like the look on somebody's face when I say please and thank you, yes ma'am, no ma'am. When I'm dressed appropriately for the weather, I feel good about myself and I can enjoy playtime in the weather. When I'm kind to a friend, I get a friend in return. When I share, people want to play with me. Um, when I'm respectful to others, I get invited to parties. These are the types of things, the narrative that we want our children to say to us. But they don't learn those things until we put those words either in their head by, by making statements about their behavior, by explaining why certain behavior is expected, and then most importantly, modeling that behavior. In the Danish way, which is where this acronym of parent is, um, is, is from, the Danish way parenting, um, again, to, re- to reiterate, we've been studying the Danish way because the, uh, Denmark has been named the happiest country in the world for over 40 years. Anthropologists studied the people of Denmark and their culture and went, okay, what are they doing right? Why don't they have mental health issues? Why don't they have family counseling and child therapy and all of that? Why isn't it running rampant in the schools, all this discipline problems and behavior issues? Why aren't they having the gangs and the violence and so forth that we have? Oh, let's take a look at the way that they parent, right? So that's where this came from. And no ultimatums is something that we don't see. I'm sorry, ultimatums are not something that we see in Danish parenting. They don't view children as naughty, bad, inferior, weak, unintelligent, some of the things that we view children. Now you might be saying, oh, well, I don't view my kid like that. Well, let's take, let's take a minute. Have you referred to your child um, as going through the terrible twos? That implies that there is something wrong with it, this entire age group. They're two, therefore they're terrible. Treacherous threes, three nature, right? Have you used those terms about your child in front of your child or referring to your child, okay? What about um, frantic fours, right? We give each age group these names and labels in America and in some other countries you probably have, you know, something similar. There's a negative connotation. And in the Danish way, they practice positive self-talk, positive talk about others, positive thinking, and they really uh, practice this on a regular basis. In fact, they don't even have the toddler years as anything negative as a group, right? They have the term trodsolder. And what that means is boundary pushing, right? So that is how they refer to these young children. They're boundary pushers. And they see it as something natural, not something that needs to be dealt with, but something to be experienced and an opportunity for guidance. Therefore, it is accepted. When a child has a tantrum, they see that as an opportunity to practice patience and to guide them towards coping skills managing their emotions effectively, making positive choices despite hard feelings. We've talked about authenticity when we studied the letter A. 
And that means that we're not ignoring negative feelings. We're going to validate them and work with them. And that's the same thing with no ultimatums. We don't say, if you don't stop crying, something's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. That implies to the child, your feelings are a nuisance to me. They're something uncomfortable for other people to deal with. And you need to figure out how to get rid of your feelings, mask those feelings and move on because the rest of us are uncomfortable with the level of depth you're showing, two-year-old, right? Instead, in the Danish way, we accept that. We accept those feelings and we use those tantrums and misbehaviors and quote-unquote naughtiness as opportunities to affect change. So it's really important that you think about the way that you view your child and talk about your child um, will have a direct impact on the way that you treat your child, okay? So you're thinking, okay, well, what do I do? I can't issue consequences. I'm not supposed to punish. I'm not supposed to spank, yell, ground, all of the things that were done to me, right? If you don't knock it off, you're gonna be, you're gonna get a spanking. If you don't stop crying, you're going to your room, that kind of thing. Let's reframe it, right? What does your child like to do? So one of my kids loves to watch Scooby-Doo um, in the afternoon. He loves it. That's like his favorite thing. He, they each get like one show a day, sometimes two. If I've got other things to do, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but he really likes to watch Scooby-Doo. The other morning, I chose a shirt for him because he wasn't getting dressed. And he said, I hate this shirt. I'm never wearing this shirt and you can't make me. And he pulls it off. And I said, if you don't like that shirt, you're welcome to choose another one. And he throws it on the ground. He goes, hmm, never you get my shirt. And I said, I am happy to get you another one, but your attitude is unacceptable. And then he threw something else. I can't remember what it was. And I said, those things need to be put back in your room where they go. Thank you for doing that. And he said, never, never. And I said, I'm going to have to do something about that. And he immediately got scared. What, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you, you going to do? And I leaned down because I don't want him to be scared, right? That's an ultimatum. That was not my goal. And I said, nothing for you to worry about. But I worked very hard at getting that shirt for you. And I was hoping that together we could get you dressed for school. You're very angry and your behavior is not acceptable right now. And I'm going to have to do something about that. And he said, I'm going to go get my shirt. Now, what I was prepared to do was later in the day, if he asked if he could watch Scooby-Doo, I would be empathetic and I would say, oh, that's so sad. I know you really want to watch Scooby-Doo. But this morning, when you chose to act out when you were feeling angry, when you chose to throw your shirt and throw the toy and you were very angry with mama, and you didn't want to get dressed for school, in that very moment, I decided it wouldn't be okay for you to watch Scooby-Doo because I was pretty tired today from dealing with that, you know, et cetera. That's kind of an energy drain technique, letting them know that you're, you're draining my energy when you have this, this tantrum, but I'm still loving you. I'm accepting of you. I'm not punishing you, but I do allow you to watch Scooby-Doo when I'm in a better mood. And your actions drained me. They tired me. They caused a disconnect. So maybe during that time, we should read a story together. I'd like to feel connected with you again. We're going to turn off Scooby-Doo, and I'd like to hold you or read a story or do a puzzle. It's always with positive, with love. Um, my kids absolutely love to have dessert, right? After, and I allow them to have a miniature ice cream. Okay, there's a, a little miniature cone pretty much every night, you know? It's not a big deal. They're three years old. They brush their teeth, right? Uh, whatever it is for your kids. Maybe it's fruit at the end of the day, whatever. But I don't 
use an ultimatum to get my kids to eat their food. I don't say you have to eat all your food or you can't get an ice cream. That is phrased as a threat, right? Or if you eat all your food, you can have ice cream. That's a bribe. These are ultimatums, threats and bribes. Instead, while they're eating their dinner, if I can tell they're not eating very well, I might say, remember, I give ice cream to those that finish their avocados. I give ice cream to those that enjoy the rest of their tomato or whatever it is. Then that gives them the choice. Then they hear that and they go, okay, yeah, I should finish my avocado because I know I really want, um, you know, dessert. But it's not as a threat. I'm letting you know the limits. I'm setting limits. I plan to enforce those limits, but I'm not engaging in an unwinnable argument or power struggle with a child. Another technique is to be brain dead, meaning that a child does something and you might just go, huh, hmm, you've heard this before. I don't respond. I don't give any words. I don't get angry. I don't show that I'm flustered, but I'm brain dead. And what that shows the child is that something's shifted. The energy has shifted. My behavior just caused mom to retreat, right? Or dad. And suddenly she's not responding to me. She's not giving me good energy. She's not giving me bad energy. Something's shifted. And it puts the child in their own mind going, huh, I just did something wrong. And you might hear, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that word. I use brain dead a lot when my kids name call. They're four years old. They love to call people poopy head, bud head, snot nose. I mean, who knows where they hear these things? I'd like to think that it's not in my home. Probably could be. Um, it could be TV. It could be radio. It could be books. It could be other kids at the gym or the playground, whatever. But they're four. So poopy head is definitely coming out of the mouth all kinds of booty potty snot words, right? So sometimes I'll say, hey, did you get your backpack today? Yeah, I did, poopy head. And I'm quiet and I'm brain dead. That remark was so bad and so shocking and so disrespectful that I can't even respond. And my no response, my brain deadness, that shift of energy has caused them to go, uh-oh, I did something wrong. And then I hear, sorry, mom, I'm not gonna use that word again, sorry, mom. Great, wonderful, I love when you use sweet words. And then we get in the car and we carry about our day. Brain dead is a very powerful technique. In fact, any of these positive parenting techniques are very powerful when you have a positive relationship with your child. When your child loves you and respects you, they will do as you do. Not what you say, they will do as you do. If a friend comes to the home and you greet them, hello, welcome, come on inside, good to see you. How are you guys today? Let me grab your coat. And you're a good host, guess what? Your children will be as well. When they act up, should you punish them? Go to your room, you're not being appropriate. You can't be around these people when you act like that. Who raised you? Where are you from? Were you raised by wolves? You know, you've heard all those things before, right? You've seen it in the movies or it was said and done to you. Instead, excuse me, everyone, my child has forgotten how to behave appropriately. And you grab your child and you go to a room and you say, I can't believe the behavior that I just saw. It makes me sad in my heart. Did it feel good for you to be that loud, for you to be that disruptive? Did it feel good inside? I noticed everybody changed their mood when you were disrespectful. Did you notice that? And they might say, no. Hmm. Well, I sure did. I noticed everybody got very uncomfortable when you started using potty words. What other words could you use? I know you like to be funny. What's a really funny word that you could say? Do you know any jokes? You know, and that kind of thing. And so then replacing that 
negative behavior or naughty behavior with something positive. Because remember, we're not seeing the child as negative. There is negative behavior. There are negative feelings. There are negative outlets or whatever. But the child is not negative. The child is normal when they misbehave. And we should be excited as parents to guide them, right? That's really what this is all about, is shifting the way that we view young children and the way that we parent them, replacing the extrinsic rewards such as bribes, threats, grounding, ultimatums, even sticker charts, even that quote unquote positive reinforcement, that's bullshit, excuse my language, when it's a sticker for everything good that you do. You do not get a sticker when you do what is expected of you. What I expect of you is the same things that I expect of myself and of my friends and of the people in my life, right? I expect you to behave the same way that I behave as a parent. And I hope that you will hold me accountable for my actions as well. I can't ask you to clean your room if my room isn't clean. I can't ask you to put away your dish if I don't put away my dish. I can't ask you to use kind words when I don't use kind words. So you as a parent are the model for how they need to be. You surround yourself with models for how you want them to be as well. And you expect them to choose friends and shows, etc. that are also good for them. Books, music, movies, what we intake becomes a part of our inner dialogue and we need to be mindful of that and respect our mental and emotional hygiene as much as we do our physical hygiene. Same thing for our children. We need to protect their mental and emotional hygiene as well as their physical hygiene. And when we start to live our best life and live fully seeking joy, beauty, and goodness, our children will as well. And if we are allowing their inner moral compass, that Jiminy Cricket, to get stronger and better and start to guide their behavior, good versus bad, evil versus kind, um, friendly versus mean, what kind of person do I want to be? And always guiding them towards the correct response, the correct behavior without fear of, if I don't do what's right, what will happen to me, which does not... Um, it does not really necessarily grow integrity, right? Integrity is doing what's right when nobody is around. And if we raise our children with an extrinsic reward system, they will only do what's right when someone is looking. They will only do what's right when they couldn't get caught, right? Or when they could get caught, okay? We want them to do what's right even when we're not around and understand that the very moment they make a choice, There is a natural and logical consequence to that behavior, but it's always done with love, acceptance, empathy, and guidance rather than shame. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have not subscribed, please do so. Um, I'd also really appreciate you giving me a review. I love reviews. They're very helpful in helping other like-minded parents find Whole Heart Crunchy Parenting. Please go to the website, wholeheartcrunchyparenting.com and find me on YouTube if you're interested in what else I have. Um, YouTube, Chelsea Vale, Whole Heart. You can find a lot of really helpful, important videos and um, real daily guidance on um, how to work with your kids. I also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash wholeheart. Thank you again. Be well.